this match. We're down to four. Rollins, Edge, Christian Strowman. This is our time. You take these two guys out. It's our time. We're the future, not them. You and me. You on, you on my side? You guys are done for. You don't stand a chance. Wow! Oh, no. no. Doesn't want to hear anything that Rollins has to say. Rollins betrayed by Braun Strowman. Shocker. And now Agent Christian pounded away on Strowman. The double team. Strowman, though. Look at this. Freight train coming. The Strowman Express. Oh, there's avalanches in these hills. And Strowman, will he be able to eliminate Edge? Edge trying to hang on. Strowman out of the other side. Edge still hanging on. I mean, so badly with everything he has. Look at Edge. Edge well, what is this? Trying to shift the weight. Trying to get Braun Strowman to teeter up over the He's top. He's underneath him. He's up underneath him. Can Edge somehow pull Strowman over the top rope to eliminate him here? Oh, oh no. Strowman ain't having it. Look at this raw strength from Strowman. This is no mortal we're talking about. Meanwhile, from behind, Christian. Men. Christian from behind, looking to dump Strowman with the help of Edge. Now Seth Rollins. Rollins dumps oh. Strowman and Christian. We're down to two. Rollins and Edge. And Rollins going for the stop. Yes, he was. With, uh, Rollins trying to hang on. That's going to be the Rollins. Rollins eliminated. Edge has done it. Edge is the 2021 Royal Rumble winner. Welcome in to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. Follow the show on Twitter and on Instagram at WrestlingTWT. Indeed, Edge is able to eliminate Randy Orton right at the end to be the Royal Rumble winner as he will face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania in Tampa, Florida at Raymond James Stadium. The final four, Braun Strowman, the Money Night Messiah, if that's still his name, Seth Rollins, and Edge and Christian. And as usual, the WWE, more times than not, are able to put on a really good show for their tentpole events and some other pay-per-views as well, depending on who's on top in the build for all this. But Royal Rumble, I thought was pretty solid. There's some things that we're going to talk about here on the program. You know... The one thing that's always interesting to me about this company, the WWE, they have everything that you would want. A great workout facility where you can train to be a wrestler. 
God knows that there's about two or three hundred people in developmental that could be on the big stage by now. So they got plenty of play, plenty of people uh, in their facility uh, to be able to have the best of the best. That's where you churn out the next superstars, right? They have the best production values. They've had the best production values for generations under Vince McMahon. They have the best of the best as far as television deals with Fox and USA and now Peacock. But the, and they've got producers, agents, those that used to wrestle in the past. They've got scores and scores of writers in the back writing parodies and writing promos to help the wrestlers. The one thing that WWE does not have is a continuity director. Next time you watch a movie, watch the credits and watch for the continuity director. It'll pop up on television shows from time to time when they show extended credits. But usually in movies, you'll see continuity director. What is that? Someone that can be able to put one foot in front of the other. Someone that can be able to look at what happened two weeks ago and marry it to what happens now. Something that happened a month ago and then be able to marry it to what's happening now. It's being able to tell a story just like a page turner in a book. You're able to go from chapter to chapter and be able to understand what is going on step by step in the story until you get to a crescendo. The WWE has a hard time understanding this premise. I'll give you an example of just the Royal Rumble, right? So if you watched the Royal Rumble, you saw that one and two was Orton and Edge. Uh, I'll just stop here and just say, I don't know why it has to be released to certain people in the media through the WWE of who's coming out last, who's coming out first and second, who's going to come out 15th, who's coming out 18th. I don't care. The mystery of who's one and two is interesting. Who's last is interesting. The idea that the WWE just leaks that is just dumb to me. Uh, the, the anticipation of the Royal Rumble was to find out who was drawing first and second, who was drawing eighth, who was drawing last, all those things. You know, what tag teams would turn on one another and certain matchups that you normally wouldn't see. Now they just release it to Fox and to this outing, this particular outlet and this magazine. I don't understand why they do that. It doesn't make sense. So going back to the continuity piece. So. Edge attacks Randy Orton. And so he's got the chair and he's going after Randy Orton's legs. And here come the officials, not necessarily medical officials, if you notice, not the medical team, referees. They come out and they help Randy Orton to the back slowly because his knees are injured because of the chair shots uh, administered by Edge. And so they go to the back and you see on a separate screen what's happening as he's as Orton's getting medical attention. Somewhere in around the Royal Rumble, you hear Corey Graves, who's one of the guys doing color, say either he did it on his own or it was probably produced probably by Vince in the back. That's usually how it works. Is it God forbid the announcers could actually have their own personalities. They have to have Vince's personality through the microphones, too. So at some point, you heard Corey Graves say, you know, Randy Orton's in the back and he's hurt, his, his knees are hurt, but he's not officially eliminated. He plants that seed as if you and I don't already know that, <laughs> right? So he plants the seed. Then Randy Orton comes back just when you thought that it was over. 
you know, Michael Cole says Edge has done it after the the last elimination of Seth Rollins. Edge has done it. There's no bell ring. Edge has done it. But wait a minute. Here comes Randy Orton. Now, again, if you're just so totally immersed into the Royal Rumble, maybe you forget about Orton, but they had to continue to show him in the back. They continue to plant the seed in commentary. You know, Randy Orton's not eliminated yet. But then Michael Cole yells out that Edge has done it. But then here comes Randy Orton. How stupid is that? How about Orton goes to the back and we don't even talk about him anymore? Like, But exactly, you and I have seen this enough to know that Orton was going to return at some point, right? He's the Viper. Okay? He's a legend killer. He's all these things. Of course he's going to come back because he wants revenge on Edge. We know that. Fast forward to Monday Night Raw. So Edge and Orton are going to have their last match. Which is just ridiculous to me because when you announce this will be the last time ever that they'll ever face one another, uh, I'd be willing to bet my car keys that they will wrestle and they will touch again after we saw Monday Night Raw. Seriously. Well, and, and by the way, if that's the last match, how, how shitty was that match? <laughs> as the last time that they wrestled one another, that's all? Like, that also should be a classic if, if indeed Edge and Orton will never wrestle one another. Now, keep in mind, Orton will continue to wrestle more than Edge will. Edge is one of these legends that's getting an opportunity. And we'll talk about some of these uh, veterans in the Royal Rumble in just a moment. But the point is, though, everybody, is that you know, Edge says to Orton, you know, you faked a knee injury. Says it in the promo. You faked a knee injury. And Edge is a terrific promo, by the way. He doesn't need a script. He's very good. So Edge says, you know, you, you faked this knee injury. But wait a minute now. Fake the knee injury, but yet it was Edge that was putting the the lumber, putting the chairs to Orton's knees. Was it a fake injury? Was it? In commentary, of course, it was also said that, you know, Randy Orton was seriously injured in the contest on Sunday. In commentary, Monday Night Raw, the Tom Phillips, Samoa Joe, Byron Saxton crew said in commentary like, that, you know, Orton was injured in the match. Which is it? Did he fake the injury or was he was he seriously injured? See what I mean about continuity? Maybe it's just me that I'm listening too closely. I know that, you know, if I'm ever going to turn on Monday Night Raw, if I'm going to turn on SmackDown, usually I have music on and turn down the sound. <laughs> so I might go back to that. But just the point is, is that the WWE is in dire need of continuity. Now, they would do it, but you see, they take us for granted. You've heard from the late uh, Brody Lee, from, from FTR, from John Moxley, on and on, former WWE employees that say that Vince McMahon would tell them directly, don't worry about what the fans think. Like, we'll straighten it out. They'll forget uh, so-and-so and so-and-so. Whatever we did a, a month ago, they'll forget, and they'll just move on just like I'm going to move on here. So whatever I want, that's what we're going to get, and the fans don't care. So in other words, if there is a story that you're connected to a month ago and it's supposed to connect to something else and it just is dropped, then we're just supposed to forget about it, right? That's not good television. You know what that is? That's WCW 1999 and 2000. It is. If it wasn't for great TV deals, I don't know where the WWE would be. Seriously. Because what we saw from from World Championship Wrestling, where you're tearing up the scripts an hour or two before the actual event, rewriting at the last minute, Raw and SmackDown, that's what WCW did. 
And you wonder why the rating was not bigger on Monday night after Royal Rumble. Everyone looks forward to that. The, the Raw after Royal Rumble or the Raw after WrestleMania, it's just not there. And Edge wins. And nothing against Edge. But my God, how many wrestlers in the back that did not participate in the Royal Rumble or those that were in the match that's never got a chance to main event WrestleMania should have had that spot. But Edge gets a spot because he's a legend and he's a star. You remember when the WWE used to make stars? <laughs> we'll talk more about that as we move forward. Let's talk more about the Rumble. Big time for the Jackhammer, the vaunted Jackhammer. Oh, yes, it is. Goldberg set off putting away Drew McIntyre right here, right now. Oh, got him up and a Jackhammer. Covered by Goldberg to win the title. Oh, kick out. McIntyre kicked out of the Jackhammer. My goodness. Even Goldberg looks shocked. It just barely kicked out. And, and Goldberg, I, I don't think Goldberg understands. Goldberg is stunned. How many men in history have kicked out of the jackhammer? Goldberg not allowing that stunned feeling to resonate much longer. Goldberg back in position and ready to strike again. This is what Goldberg does best. He's one of the best finishers ever in the history of WWE. Goldberg remaining inside his zone. Going for another slow into the top turnbuckle. McIntyre into a fade. Yeah, what's what more? Oh, McIntyre now. McIntyre is trying to muster up the strength. Might be thinking Claymore one more time. Gritting through the pain. McIntyre wants Goldberg. Claymore. Another Claymore. McIntyre. McIntyre slays Goldberg. And still the WWE Champion, Drew. No doubt this match did not start the way McIntyre expected, but McIntyre found a way to gut it out, to will himself on and retain the WWE Championship. Drew McIntyre defeats Goldberg. You know, that match was just the right length. And for a 50-plus-year-old Goldberg, he was about average, is exactly what I expected. Drew McIntyre has really done a nice job as the company champion, as a WWE champion. Of course, he's the WWE champion, but not the main event champion. He's the Rey Mysterio, CM Punk uh, version of the championship. The Daniel Bryan, in some ways, version of the WWE champion. He's the man, but not really the man. <laughs> but I like Drew McIntyre in this spot as the champion. Now, come to find out that Drew McIntyre will take on Sheamus for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. Oh, my God. Well, first of all, I've been very happy with Drew McIntyre as champion in this pandemic era. I really wish, of course, all of us wish that we can go back to the arenas and be able to watch uh, these events live in your hometown, in your backyard, in your area arena. I'm sure that you miss the opportunity to uh, watch wrestling live just like I do. And I would really be curious to find out how the fans would react to Drew McIntyre. It's one thing to watch in this Thunderdome here at uh, Tropicana Field. And that's one thing. Or doing it at the Performance Center. 
But I just think the in-ring work and the mic work for McIntyre has been very good. And because of that, he's going to take on Sheamus, which is an absolutely shit build. (laughs) They've known each other for 20 years. And because of a bro kick or whatever the hell, now the match will take place. Not because of a long-standing feud or a long-standing relationship that culminates to something. Not, not, Not even a story. Just, you know what? Sheamus did something that Drew McIntyre didn't like or vice versa, so here's the match. That's really for the WWE Championship? Again, nothing against Drew McIntyre, but that's the best they could do. Sheamus, going for the WWE Championship. I mean, once again, a lot of people in the back, in the locker room, could really put on a really good match against Drew McIntyre and you settle for a big man versus big man match with Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. My friends, that is for the audience of one. The Irishman against the Scottish. <laughs> this is what Vince McMahon wants. The audience of one. Have you ever thought since Sheamus was the champion, have you ever thought, man, Sheamus would be great right now as a WWE champion? Or the Universal Champion. Have you ever thought, I've never received an email or a message anywhere that says, you know, Hood, Sheamus would be terrific as champion. That's what the company needs, right? Who believes, raise your hand, who believes Sheamus actually could beat Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania? If that's going to be the match, by the way. It is just incredible. Once again, giving the fans what they want, right? Giving them what they want. What about the women's Royal Rumble match. That was pretty good. I enjoyed that because the ending was something I did not necessarily expect. We are down to three. I tell you, you let me down. Belair, Ripley, and Charlotte Flair. Who wants it the most? A smile etched on the face of the queen. A smile of confidence. And all three of these women understanding the gravity of the moment. Look, look at Flair, Flair. Here inside WWE Thunderdome, we're about to find out who is going to challenge the champion of their choosing at WrestleMania. They just welcomed up Ripley and Belair. Flair's been in this match for 32 minutes, and right now, Ripley and Belair. Ripley has been in for 34 minutes. Ripley and Belair trying to eliminate last year's winner, Charlotte Flair, from the Rumble. They're undaunted, fighting with passion, and they're clean-tossing Belair. Byron, your pick is in trouble. It's I pick Rhea Ripley, she's looking, she's looking okay over there. And that's what it's all about, headlining WrestleMania. Charlotte Flair, one of the three women to have ever made a vetted WrestleMania. You gotta love this. You gotta love this competitive fire that we're seeing from Rhea Ripley, from Charlotte Flair, from Bianca Belair. And now last year's WrestleMania foes, Ripley and Flair. Come on. 
Come on, who wants it the most? Can the Queen make it back to back? Oh, what a crazy look in her eyes. Yeah, that's a look. Whoa. Oh, oh, over the top. Oh, over the top. Oh, Charlotte no, no, Flair no. teetering. No, there's not, the even, not even one foot touch. There's the win. Went over the top rope. Oh, oh. and a boot to the face. Watch out. Oh, wait a minute. Charlotte Flair hit by Belair. Might take one more good shot to eliminate my, my, my the queen. Two shots. And the and queen end. is gone. Right to the midsection by Belair. Come on, Rhea. Here's your shot. Look out. Whoa. Women meet in the center of the ring. And, oh, man. Both face first into the mat. Watch this. Watch this. Look at this. Oh, Both man. with handfuls of hair driving each other into the mat. Ripley may have broken her nose. What a moment here at the Royal Rumble. It has come down to this. Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. What are these two? The main event, WrestleMania. This is where you dig deep to find out who you really are. How bad you want to walk down that ramp and be part of that stage at WrestleMania. Listen, this is awesome. You're right. This is awesome. Oh! Shot caught. Bianca right in the jaw. Purse on the shoulders of Ripley. Got a great, some oh, sort of hang counter. On, hang on, look out, look out. Oh, and look at this. Oh, no. Uh oh, he's trying to set up for a glam slam, and instead, Belair. Oh! Countered by Ripley. Man. Oh, momentum shifts back and forth between Ripley and Belair. And now Ripley and Belair center of the ring. Hold on a sec. Look at the riptide. Look at the riptide. Oh, no, oh, oh no. Oh. Belair! Oh! Belair with the KOD! No! Ripley lands on her feet! Oh, this is great! Oh! Oh, no! Oh! 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 Belair is going to WrestleMania! Here's your Bianca Belair! Oh, what a death! I told you, King! Congratulations, Bianca Belair! So, Bianca Belair. I did not expect her to win it. I was hoping it would be Natalia or maybe Rhea Ripley. But Rhea Ripley was the last one that was eliminated. Charlotte Flair, you know, she was second to last to be eliminated. And um, hmm, why was she giggling and laughing while she was eliminated? She was in there for 35 minutes and she's laughing. It was so funny. <laughs> you got eliminated. You had an opportunity to main event the women's division. And she's just laughing. I don't know what her problem is. Um, also, I don't know if she's a babyface or a heel from you know half the time on the show. But Bianca Belair, someone that wrestled well at, at NXT, I never thought that she was at the top of her game at NXT. But I believe that for uh, for a Raw or SmackDown, her personality stands out. Just like for Sasha Banks, her personality stands out. Sasha Banks is a hell of a much better worker. And by the way, if that's the match we're going to get, Bianca Belair is going to get quite the wrestling lesson. We know Bianca is very strong. We saw what she did on SmackDown with Otis. Okay, that's fine. But definitely she's strong. We know that. But as far as wrestling ability is concerned, I think that she's on the come. But with her being in the main event, whether it's Asuka or whether it's going to be... Um, 
an opportunity for her to take on uh, Sasha Banks. It'll be interesting. Very interesting to see how that all works out. I want to see if there's another gear in Bianca Belair. I'm interested in seeing that. It's one thing to have all the catchphrases and be able to have a, a good promo and the long braid. Let me see what else she can do. Um, maybe she's just five moves of doom. I have no idea. <laughs> but I want to see if there's another gear in her game. How about the Universal Championship? That's the most important title to Vince McMahon. So let's go there. The Universal Championship. Raise your hand if you thought that Kevin Owens would win it. Royal Rumble against the guy that has really captured my attention in 2020 and 2021 in Roman Reigns. Do you think that Kevin Owens had an opportunity? I like the rivalry. I just know that the belt's not coming off of Roman Reigns in a matchup against Kevin Owens. It's quite the rivalry, though. It is Kevin Owens establishing himself as a babyface, which is very rare in this company. I give them credit. Kevin Owens wrestling from underneath as KO, the underdog, kind of an everyman, family, all that, right? I think they've developed a nice baby face in Kevin Owens. It's not what I thought when he first came in the company, clearly, in those matchups against John Cena and others. But I think that for a company that's bereft of quality baby faces, on mostly any brand that they have, uh, Kevin Owens is that guy. And so the matchup takes place, right? Last man standing match. Usually the cage match is the blow off. And we saw that and we saw the result of that. But once again, Kevin Owens gets screwed. The uphill climb for him to try to be the universal champion falls short. The match was excellent. Until the finish. (laughs) You heard me reference WCW in 19... 99 and 2000, right? That's about as WCW finishes I've ever seen in the WWE in the modern day. I'm going to play for you the beginning of the how the match just went downhill. The match was really good all over the place. I love the physicality of both of these guys. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes, you don't have to over-gimmick a match. We know it's a last-man-standing match. You don't have to over-gimmick a match. That's what the WWE did. Usually, they're pretty good at being able to get things in place so they don't have any problems. Well, it's live TV, so anything could happen, right? Anything did happen. Everything was in place until they brought out the handcuffs. You would think that on a television show that you don't use real handcuffs. You use tearaway handcuffs. You know, does anyone ever go to Lover's Lane or go to some sex shop and you have handcuffs that don't actually require a key? You can just or you can just snap your wrists and they come apart. The WWE went with real handcuffs. Kevin Owens gets the handcuffs and he puts it on Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns cannot get out of the handcuffs. They finally find the key. And Paul Heyman is digging, trying, and he's trying, and he's trying. He's trying to find a way to get, <laughs> trying to get a way to get uh, this guy out of the handcuffs. It's amazing. I'm looking at Roman Reigns, and he's struggling to try to figure out how he can get out of these handcuffs. He's handcuffed to an object in the back, and he can't get out of it. I want to play this for you. 
because it's a last man standing match, right? And Roman Reigns is laying on the floor trying to find a way to get out of these handcuffs. And again, the rules to a last man standing match, uh, if you're not up by this count of 10, you are the loser. Somehow the referee, as he sees Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns struggle with this, this, these handcuffs, all of a sudden the referee doesn't know how to count to 10. Here's Heyman with the key. Here he comes. The referee stops his count at this point. He just stops his count at five. If it's illegal, if it's unsavory, <laughs> Paul Heyman is who you want in your corner. No doubt about that. But Kevin <laughs> Owens is regaining his composure. Oh. Heyman still can't unlock. Kevin now able to get his at least one foot underneath him. I think this is going to count as a vertical base. <laughs> as Heyman struggles to unhook the... <laughs> Handcuffs tethering the universal trying. champion. Yeah, Reigns is back to his feet. So again, any count would have been way back this oh, okay. But the fact is, Reigns is still trapped. As Paul Heyman tries to, to get the, the handcuffs unhooked and finally does. And thanks to the Paul Heyman, the uh, unloosening the handcuffs, and now Roman Reigns with a guillotine. Kevin Owens still out of sorts, but now it's nap time. A guillotine. Reigns looking to squeeze the breath out of his challenger. This one's over. Locked in by Roman Reigns. <laughs> Kevin Owens is fading. KO is fading. Roman Reigns with a guillotine locked in. And I'm fading. And of course, you know, Kevin Owens goes to sleep. A 10 count and Roman Reigns wins. What a, l- <laughs> a lousy finish. For the Universal Championship. And then it come to find out like they had the right key, but the the I guess the lock was turned inward. 
So it was hard for Paul Heyman. He thought it was going to be on the top and it was on the bottom. So it was hard for them to turn the key. That's the report I'm hearing about why it took so long. But the tripped out part thing that I really loved is the second official comes in, counts to five and just stops while Reigns is still on the ground. <laughs> Stop the count. We can't get the handcuffs unloosened. And then finally, Heyman working on it finally gets it unloosened while Reigns is down. And then, of course, Reigns gets to like a knee and it's like, well, that's a vertical base. What about the other five to 10 to 15 seconds while Reigns was still down? And poor Kevin Owens was on the other side of this, standing there, just, you know, pretending like he's writhing in pain, waiting for these knuckleheads to get the handcuffs unloosened so they can do the finish. Good God almighty. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <sighs> this is what happens when you outdumb the room. Not outsmart the room, outdumb the room. I want to ask you uh how much how much um press did the WWE get? How much international worldly press did they get for having Bad Bunny do a move at the Royal Rumble? For Bad Bunny to show up on Monday Night Raw. For him, I mean, Bad Bunny. How much press did they get for Peter Rosenberg from the Michael K. Show on ESPN New York or Hot 97 for Peter Rosenberg to have the 24-7 title? For him to win the championship? How much international press did you get for that? Sometimes you just can't just do funny. If you do funny, do it well. I just, I just... Our truth against Peter Rosenberg for the 24-7 championship. What did that really do for anybody? And to see Bad Bunny out there, I know who he is. But again, once again, just because Bad Bunny has a song called Booker T doesn't necessarily mean that he fits. What about all the wrestlers in the back that can entertain or be able to put on a good match? I just It just is amazing to me, but this is the WWE. A good match for Sasha against Carmella. Carmella missed a a major move. There's a reason why Carmella is not a top contender. Carmella missed a a botched a a whole move that could have just busted up her face. I don't know what Corey Graves would do with her then if her face is busted. You know, but uh, Carmella is a second generation wrestler. But Carmella was not ready for that moment against Sasha Banks. Sasha is a whole different stratosphere, a whole different level of wrestler. Uh, one of the best, if not the best, in that company. Uh, and so, I don't know. I just thought that Carmella was out of sorts there. That, that was decent. Sasha did a nice job carrying her. But Carmella, again, great promo, great look. Just not a, just not a solid wrestler. But a good. But I'll tell you one thing. A really good heel. That's what she should always be. Good to see Christian come back. Um, Carlito makes a surprise. Carlito looks jacked. He looks jacked. He looks a lot different than he did in the uh, early 2000s, which leads me to this. So Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez were talking about the Royal Rumble, and they were reviewing the Royal Rumble. And uh, Dave Meltzer threw out a nugget that I think that you should hear, and we'll talk about it on the other side. I There were, there were two wrestlers, Otis and Dominic Mysterio, who both, by the way, were treated like geeks in this match. They were the only two people in this entire match under the age of 30. I mean, that is freaking preposterous. Um, this was, in fact, the oldest 
Royal Rumble in history of, and there's like 30 year history. So this is not like something new, but the second oldest was last year, by the way, but this was the oldest Royal Rumble in history. And it just accentuated like the problem. And it's, it's, it's that you got two, you got a series of issues. Okay. And, and, and it's like, okay, you bring back maybe too many legends, like, um, like, I mean, a hurricane, perhaps, perhaps, I mean, somebody, you know, obviously was a late replacement for a couple of different guys. I don't know what, you know, there, there's, there may very well be a logical explanation for Jey Uso not being there. Um, Keith Lee, there's probably a logical explanation. Medium was not there. Keith Lee's her, her, her uh, boyfriend. So that made sense that he wasn't there. Although other people that she was around were in. So I don't know what the deal was, but um, you know, the, the thing is, is, is that they've got like people like Dolph Ziggler and The Miz are like, and Morrison, not so much Morrison because he's, he, he did take all those years off. But Dolph Ziggler and The Miz have like been in this thing every year for forever and ever as mid Carters. And, you know, at some point, uh, you, you got to transition to these, t- to younger people and they just don't do it. Um, and it's not like they don't have the talent. I mean, they've got, you know, Pete Dunn and, and guys like that that have been around for years in the system and are incredible talents. And I, I remember when, when Pete Dunn first showed up um, with NXT UK when he first, like, signed there. I mean, I'd seen him before in PWG and stuff and, and then later in other places. And he's just awesome. He's fantastic. And it's not like he didn't have that. Remember when he had that mat, that one, that one match on that pay per view that everybody thought was like the. I think it was with Tyler Bate, wasn't it? The match that everybody thought was like this greatest thing. That's years ago. Those guys should be on the main roster by now. Instead, they're in the exact. Well, Pete Dunne has moved from the UK to the United States. Tyler Bate is wrestled like three matches all year this year. Um, these guys are like, they're like in. It, 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 it's like. Time stands still. It's like you should be elevating multiple guys every year. Instead, you're multiply, you're, you're um, elevating guys every few years. And it really showed, you know, like it's it's just one person after another, you know, who's. There's just so much there's so much talent that that's so good in that company. And then they worry about or wonder why they don't have like a young audience. I mean, you know. They do have, most of the women are young, but the guys, man, it was like one person after another. And then freaking Carlito comes in. It's not like, I mean, it was a surprise, but it's like, I don't know. Uh, Christian, I got because of the storyline with Christian and Edge. It made sense. I thought he wasn't cleared, but evidently, you know. I mean, he's definitely cleared now. I don't know what happened, but. Well, I mean. Dude, a like, year ago, they wouldn't let him do anything. They had to do a phantom attack. Yeah. So we have now had. Three wrestlers, three wrestlers in this match alone, Daniel Bryan, Edge, and Christian, were all not cleared for remember, for life. I mean, it's like, you're done, you're never wrestling again, all three of them. And evidently, um, I don't know what it says about doctors. Well, it's not doctors, it's one doctor. But it's like, he doesn't, he is, doesn't clear guys, and they, they, you know, for life, and somehow... You know, in the case of Christian, I don't know. I think it was um, repeated concussions. I don't know exactly. With Edge, obviously, it was his neck. With Daniel Bryan, it was obviously the concussions. 
And that's not stuff that you, I mean, a neck injury in theory you can get better from. But the other stuff, it's like, what's the deal? Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez talking after the Royal Rumble on Wrestling Observer Live. You can find the archives of the Wrestling Observer and listen to that entire podcast that they do on a daily basis. So let's get to the initial point. You heard him talking about how we didn't think we'd ever see Christian or Edge or Daniel Bryan in the ring again, and now we have. But let's get to the original point that he made. In the last point he made, it was interesting. Like, clear by what? The WWE doctor, all of a sudden, you're done for life, and now all of a sudden, now you can come back. Well, it's great to see those three in the ring if they're healthy. Hopefully, they can live a great life after they are all done wrestling. Let's get to the initial point, though. He talked about the age. That's the oldest Royal Rumble that we have ever seen. Why do you think that is? It's that way because Vince McMahon just does not want to be able to make enough new stars. I already made, in the previous podcast, you can go back in the archives of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday and hear what I said about the equivalent of that. I said, if you missed it at the time, it would be odd, wouldn't it, for Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was running hot, 97, 98, in the Monday Night Wars, he's on top. Oh, hell yeah, the beer, the, the battles with Vince McMahon, all that, right? And all of a sudden, you know, there's... Steve Austin standing in the middle of the ring, instead of getting ready to take on The Undertaker, getting ready to take on Bret Hart, or getting ready to take on, you know, The Big Show, or Kane, or whatever, here comes Bruno San Martino. That would be 20 years out of date in 1997, right? And Bruno says, I want to have another shot at the title. In the height of the Monday Night Wars, everybody bringing signs. It was crazy. You know, sexual innuendo and all this. And then here comes Bruno looking for a championship match. Well, that would be odd, wouldn't it? Just like it's odd that Jillian Hall has a spot in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Just as it's odd as Goldberg is uh, in the main event for the WWE Company Championship. Like it's odd to see Carlito in this match or to see Hurricane in this match when you've got all these people in the back. Yeah, there's some wrestlers that we see every day that were not part of the Royal Rumble, but there's still more in the back that really would have loved that opportunity to do something, and they can't. Do not believe the bullshit that you hear with your favorite wrestling podcast. If you have another one other than this one or your your favorite Twitter feed for wrestling or your favorite clubhouse app or whatever you go to talk wrestling. Do not believe when they say that the WWE doesn't have stars. There's plenty of stars in that company. But it's up to the promoters to make stars. It's been that way forever in professional wrestling. Uh, you know, reason why to keep bringing back Goldberg and bringing back, you know, these old veterans like an Edge and all that is because, well, WWE doesn't have stars. Well, what was Edge before he was with the Brood? You know, like like what was Daniel Bryan? Daniel Bryan was a great indie, independent wrestler who I saw wrestle, who I thought was tremendous with ROH. Um, but he got to the WWE and actually 
quite frankly, his independent run is still more impressive than he, what he's done in the WWE because he's been held down so often and ridiculed for being small or because he he's, doesn't look like much or he's, I don't know, supported by the fans. The fans knew who Daniel Bryan was, Bryan Danielson is. And actually, when you go back and look at the archives, I think it's on the WWE Network now, all the stuff he did was more impressive than anything he's done in the WWE, by far. When you think about Christian, Christian, just a tag team wrestling in the WWE, just kind of held down and was he did have some kind of personality, you know? They gave him the peep show to try to get the personality out of him, but did some great things in TNA, actually, when he was in TNA. But what was Christian before he was, again, part of the brood? <laughs> what was he, right? So what I'm saying is you start somewhere as a wrestler. You start somewhere. And the WWE with all of these people in the back, you can't find a new star. Now, Bianca Belair is in the main event. I don't know if she's a superstar. They call them all superstars, but you know that's a lie. You're not allowed to be a superstar unless Vince says that you're a superstar. He only has a chosen few. It would be out of place in, gosh, you know, in the year 1998. It'd be out of place for The Undertaker to take on Larry Zbysko for the WWE Championship. Right? Because that's 20 years out of date. We're seeing wrestlers from 20 years ago from the WWE now in 2021. Why? What about the rest of those stars? Oh, well, you got to show the established stars from 20 years ago. The oldest Royal Rumble we've ever seen. And he's named Otis, who's been buried, by the way. Remember when Otis was hot? Remember when Otis was a thing? Yeah. Him and Tucky? Now, what happened to that? And Dominic Mysterio, who was buried in that match. And that's a kid. That guy should be on NXT being able to win championships and win matches and build up to being on Raw or SmackDown. Those are the two youngest guys in the Royal Rumble, Otis and Dominic Mysterio. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, here's how I look at it, ladies and gentlemen. Here's how I look at it. If... All Elite Wrestling is too young, where you have a lot of green wrestlers, a lot of independent green wrestlers that had never been on the main stage, let alone ever wrestled on a major network like TNT or BR Live or YouTube. Um, if you have wrestlers the WWE that are veteran wrestlers that are always in the middle or can't get over or wrestlers in the past that get these quick paydays like Goldberg and Carlito and wrestlers like that, then you got to find your sweet spot as a wrestling fan. It's either the wrestlers are too old in the WWE or they're too young in AEW. Where's the sweet spot? That's probably MLW. That's probably New Japan Pro Wrestling. Maybe that is uh, Ring of Honor. Somehow, some way, there's got to be a middle ground. You go to the WWE, every time they have a tentpole event, they roll out this, the veterans. As soon as the, the calendar turned January, here comes Legends Night. Because God bless, we got to see Jimmy Hart again. We got to see Ric Flair again. We got to see Hulk Hogan again. We got to see all these guys, these veterans, that can't draw you a dime especially in a pandemic. So during this time, I will say this again. This will be the last time I say this. During this time of the pandemic, if there was ever a time 
to be able to find out who can be the next superstars is during this time where you're not on the road constantly, when you can be able to try some things until we're on the other side of this pandemic. And then when the fans come back, they're like, okay, all right, Dominic Mysterio, okay. Now we're seeing uh, Ali, Ali, okay. Now we're seeing some of the NXT superstars being able to take a step up. Okay, now we're seeing Tyler Bate. All right, now we're seeing Pete Dunne. All right, now we see Pat McAfee, on and on and on and on. That's the opportunity to wipe the slate clean and be like, okay, let's develop some stars during this pandemic when there's no fans. And then when we get on the other side of this, here we go. Because it's new and fresh. When I saw Damian Priest out there at the Royal Rumble, when I saw uh, him on Monday Night Raw, I'm like, God damn, that's fresh. I'm a big dominant, uh, big uh, Damian Priest fan. Absolutely. But to see him out there, I'm like, yes. That just felt fresh. And he did all he could at NXT. He was, uh, he was actually too good for NXT, but I'm glad he was there. But my God, man, to see him there, it just felt new. Now, are you gonna just you're gonna jerk him like you do with uh, Riddle and make him nothing too? After a couple of weeks, oh, I don't like him, pal. Too many tattoos. Uh, let's bury him for what? Why? Why? What reason? Nobody should be buried. That's good in the WWE. Because there's no one stu- superstar in that company. There is no Cena. There's no Austin. There's no Undertaker. There's no Brett. There's no Sean. Uh, there's none of those guys. Nobody can be the number one top guy there. Everyone's the same. They're the ice capades, the WWE. There is no one superstar. Not even Roman Reigns is the closest thing to that. And, and Roman has a personality that we should have saw five years ago. And so... Maybe he's the next one going to Hollywood. I don't know. But the point is, though, is that it's all the same for the most part in this company. There is no one guy holding everyone down. John Cena, Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin. I don't know. (laughs) I'll just wait 60 days for WrestleMania and see what happens. Especially with fans in Tampa. We'll see what happens. I, I I just think it is just preposterous that we have so many wrestlers, and it trends on social media. I, I read your stuff on Wrestling TWT. So many people are just like, I like this girl, or I like this guy, and I like the Hurt Business, and I like this, and I like that. I understand everyone can't be in the main event, but my God, you can push people and give you new and fresh. But Vince says, no, pal. I need Goldberg until he's dead. Keep rolling out, Goldberg. Let's have Edge in the main event at WrestleMania. Edge? Edge is an attraction. Is he, if he wins the championship against Roman Reigns, is he out there every week? Rolling around 52 weeks. A guy that was out of the business, not medically cleared, and now in the main event at WrestleMania. I'm an Edge fan, but not to the point where I hope that he gets hurt again. I don't want to see that. And I want to see new and fresh. But not in Vince's eyes. It's amazing, isn't it? Thanks for listening to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with me, Jonathan Hood. Don't forget Cap and J Hood, morning 7 to 10 a.m. Central Time on ESPN 1000. And please download the ESPN Chicago app because right there you can get our podcast, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Yeah.